I'm going to bring you tonight a, a message, a teaching that God welled up in my spirit that I have never brought in 47 years of full-time ministry. I'm going to get started now, and I want you to pay very, very close attention. We're going to be some in the book of Acts. Now, when I get to the book of Acts in my Bible, I added to it A-X-T-I-O-N, action. That's the book of action where we take that great, great theological leap, don't we? From where the God in Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John becomes the Christ in you in the book of action. No longer spectator. You're no longer just a fan of the message. But that exact same spirit, oh, I don't want to get preachy, that invaded that borrowed tomb and raised to life again the three-day dead body of the Prince of God lives in you by the power of God's Spirit and the mighty baptism in the Holy Spirit. So my, my, my context tonight is, what if there was no Holy Spirit? Well, let me give you a few quotes. You know, I always do that. The great A.W. Tozer said, the average Christian is so cold and contented with his wretched condition that he has no vacuum of desire into which the Holy Spirit can rush with satisfying fullness. And then my second favorite preacher of all time, the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon, said this, apart from the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. I wish preachers had find that out. We are as ships without the wind. We are as chariots without steeds to pull them. Like branches without sap, we are withered. And the great St. Augustine, in his daily prayer to the Holy Spirit, said this, Breathe on me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me, then, O Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. Praise God. I know you're going to want to get those. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 4, of course, follows 1 Samuel chapter 1. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, we're introduced to some lineage. And uh, what we see there when we get to chapter 4 and verse 21 says that she named the child Ichabod saying, the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband being killed. Ichabod was the son of Phinehas, who was the son of Eli and the brother of Hophni. A malicious priest he was at Shiloh, 
He was born on the very day that the ark of God, representing, of course, the glory of God, which is the manifested tangible presence of God, was taken captive, carried away by their great adversaries, the Philistines. That name, Ichabod, means without the glory or without the Spirit of God. So the question that I pose to you tonight, what if there were no Holy Spirit ever manifested in the earth? Now, you understand that the Holy Spirit has always been, will always be, because the Holy Spirit is one part of the Trinitarian Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They were before all things and in all things and through all things. So to set the stage, allow me just to remind you uh, of a couple of contemporary examples. Let's use, uh, let's use a movie to begin with to illustrate to you the mindset of what it would be like if there were no Holy Spirit. Let's liken it to what it would be like if you were never born. Who among us wasn't influenced in, in some way by the great Frank Capra's 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it every single Christmas, and sometimes I watch it in between. It's ranked as the number one most inspirational film of all time by the American Film Institute. It starred, of course, a 37-year-old Jimmy Stewart and a 25-year-old Don Reed as his wife, Mary. You remember the storyline. George Bailey is at the end of his rope due to a, a series of serious disappointments, to say the least. It, he's become convinced that it would have been better for everybody concerned. Everybody would have been better off if he had never been born. Well, a guardian angel shows up, kind of a clunky character named Clarence, and begins to show him his family, his community, his world, and what it would be like so dramatically different if he did not exist. And then, of course, there was the 1985 Robert Zemeck's film, Back to the Future, starred Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. In it, Marty McFly is transported 30 years back in time where he accidentally keeps his future parents from meeting and thereby falling in love. So he inadvertently changed the future, and it was threatening his very existence. So he has to do whatever he can to get his future parents as teenagers to meet, to fall in love, so that he can return to the life he knows. Listen to me. Your life is not without consequence. Listen, when dying makes living look easy, just look up. You're connected, you see, to so many others in ways you may never, ever recognize and in ways you may never understand. 
your absence in some way affects everyone to whom you're connected. That's why attending church every Sunday is so vital. If you were not who you are, if you were not where you were, the effect would be of an incalculable circumstance. Now, if that's true of one single solitary human being, namely you, and it is, then just take a minute and extrapolate that and the effect that would follow billions upon billions upon billions of times over and attempt to imagine the influence of God's Holy Spirit not being involved in your life right now. Or for that matter, extrapolated a little further, what if the Holy Spirit were not involved in the earth? What if there was no Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to look at it in depth because we need to understand that were there no Holy Spirit, we would be in some serious, serious, serious problems. What if there was no Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's influence was on earth. It was operating before the beginning of time and space. God's Holy Spirit was actively involved in the creation of the world and all that in it is. Genesis 1, chapters, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, says that he was involved in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, and the earth was void. This is when there was no Holy Spirit moving. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved over the surface of the water. There it is. The Holy Spirit of God Almighty was moving then. He is moving now. He has never, he will never stop moving among and upon everything and everyone that our great and mighty God has ever created. So what if there was no Holy Spirit? Well, very simple to answer that question. None of us would even be here. Isn't that interesting? When you think about your everyday life, if he had to be there in the creation's dawning morning, don't you think he needs to be in your life right now? I want to take you, and uh, we'll, we, we'll be breaking this up in, in two or three sessions, but I don't want to leave this out. I want us to look at some very, very significant events in Pentecostal history. Well, we could start over in Joel chapter 2, of course, verse 23 and to 32. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice, 
in the Lord your God. For he's given you the former rain moderately. He will cause to come down for you the rain, former rain, spring rains, latter rain, fall rains, all in the first month. Now the floors shall be full of wheat. The vats shall overflow with oil and wine. I love this verse 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. <laughs> Glory to God. The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that he has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. He's prophesying the work of the Holy Spirit in the new covenant. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. It shall come to pass afterward, afterward, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Also upon the servants, upon the handmaidens in those days, will I pour out of my spirit. I will show wonders in the heavens above, and in the earth blood and fire and pillar of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come. You ought to commit scripture to memory, you know. And it shall come to pass, verse 32, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, in the remnant. I like to call it a revenant remnant whom the Lord shall call. And then if you jump over into the new covenant, of course, you jump to Acts chapter two, beginning at verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Notice it didn't just fill the upper room. It filled the whole house. I'll, I'll teach that later. And there appeared unto them cloven, separate, several tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me give you a better translation of as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's this as the Holy Spirit enabled them to express their original selves, their spirit, which came directly from God. God breathed into man's nostrils. What if there was no Holy Spirit? And man became a living soul. God's breath is his spirit. When you hear wind, it's spirit. When you hear breath, it's spirit. You understand? So he breathed his spirit into man, and man became then a living soul. So your soul and your body are given birth to, in reality, 
in real life in spiritual dimension by the Holy Spirit breathing upon your dead, existing, you're alive, let me say it that way, yet existing in a state of death spirit. That's the human spirit before God's spirit touches it and new birth takes place. Now, the Gentiles then received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. So none of this would happen, would have happened if there were no Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on them. This is important. All those which had heard the word and they of the circumcision, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles now also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Let's jump on over into the 20th century. Charles Parham was a great, great, great Pentecostal leader. He began a Bible school in Topeka, Kansas in 1901. In October of the previous year, 1900, Topeka, Kansas, there were 40 believers that were led by Parham, and they began what was called the Bethel Bible School. Now, that school was very different than schools you think of. That school, quote, this was in their literature, invited all ministers and all Christians who were willing to forsake everything. <laughs> How'd you like that on your admittance uh, papers? Forsake everything. Listen to me. Sell everything they had or give it away in order to enter that school for study and prayer where they would all together trust God for their food, their rent, their clothing. <laughs> no one paid tuition, no one paid board, and uh, the only textbook they had was the Bible. As they began to search the scriptures, would to God that we would search the scriptures today instead of the internet. They came up as they searched with one great problem. What were they going to do with Acts chapter 2? Well, together they decided that they would seek the Holy Spirit. They would seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit because they saw that it came to the disciples. They felt that to be indisputable proof what they saw happen in Acts chapter 2. Parham called a watch night service December 31st, 1900. He assembled 75 people. There were 40 students in that mix. One of those students was a lady named Agnes Osman. 
And she asked that Minister Parham might lay hands upon her to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> After midnight on January 1st, 1901, Parham laid his hands upon her. This was his reaction. I had scarcely repeated three dozen sentences when a glory fell upon her. A halo seemed to surround her head and her face, and she began speaking, hear me, in the language of the Chinese and was unable to speak an English word for three days. When she attempted to write in English to tell of her experience, she wrote in Chinese, copies of which, Parham said, we still have in the newspapers which printed it at the time. Do you understand? What if there was no Holy Spirit? Oh, how short. We've sold ourselves out as an experience that God wants to send into our lives, into our homes, into our churches, into our nation, where God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit becomes alive, vibrant, and vital in everything we do. Well, that, that little Bible school continued to pray for two more nights and days. And the rest, <laughs> as we often say, the rest is history. Within 10 short years, that little prayer meeting spread all the way out to California. If you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. What if there were no Holy Spirit? Do you understand that this very day, so-called Pentecostal, charismatic, word of faith churches are asking the Holy Spirit and giving him direction when he can and when he cannot move? How in the world? Entire church growth uh, uh, systems are built without a word being said about the Holy Spirit. I intend to take the church back to Pentecost. Young men and women raising up new churches across America and around the world are crying out to me, Pastor Rod. And as you say, they don't realize I'm a Baptist. <laughs> we began World Harvest Church as a Baptist church. And the Holy Ghost came into my life. Oh, blessed be his name forever. Ten years after that little Bible school started, that revival like fire spread to California, a place called Azusa Street, under the direction of Reverend William J. Seymour. The healing ministries of men like John G. Lake and F.F. F. Bosworth. I know Brother Summerall taught me. That meeting gave birth, are you ready? To the entire Assemblies of God denomination, to the Church of God denomination, to the Church of God in Christ denomination, to the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World denomination, and many others. What could we do? What could we do? 
Well, let me tell you a little bit about Azusa Street, since most of you don't know your roots, so you don't have fruit. <laughs> Say that with me. You ought to tweet that. If you don't know your roots, can't have fruit. Azusa Street, Los Angeles, California. That, that, that revival went on from 1906 to 1913. It was led, of course, as I said, by the great William J. Seymour, an African-American holiness, that word's important, preacher. He happened to have been blind in one of his eyes. And by the way, William Seymour attended Charles Parham's Bible School in Houston, Texas. While he was there, he heard a lot of teaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. Why don't we? God begins after the Gospels to tell us how to build churches, how to advance his kingdom, how to operate in the supernatural. Where is it in our modern churches? Well, William Seymour did not receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit at that Bible school. But in 1906, he was asked to go to Los Angeles as a candidate uh, for a pastoral position. After he preached his first message there, they gave him a great reception. They made him leave, and they locked the doors and wouldn't allow him even to come into the second service. So don't, don't think every obstacle is something you're supposed to move. Sometimes you just move from it. So he moved into a home. It happened to be the home of a janitor named Edward Lee. At a, at, and he began a prayer meeting in a group, little group of laymen in the Richard and Ruth Asbury home. It happened to be at 214 North Bonnie Bray Street. And on April the 9th, that's my sister's birthday, on April the 9th, William Seymour and seven men were waiting on God and suddenly, you ought to just type in suddenly, and suddenly, as though a bolt of lightning had hit them, they were knocked from their chairs I could show you a place right out this door to my left, right down the hallway on the right-hand side before you go into another office where the Holy Spirit, I was sitting, sitting at a desk in the other room, and the next thing I knew, the Holy Spirit had picked me up and flung me underneath a chair in that hallway. No one else was around. Just me and the Holy Spirit. Well, what if there was no Holy Spirit? I would have never heard those words that the Holy Spirit burnt into my heart and became the outcry of this entire movement. The apex of all Christian endeavor, said the Holy Spirit, must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior, so that the Lamb of God slain may receive the reward of his suffering. There it is. But what if there were no Holy Spirit? 
there at Bonnie Bree Street, they were thrown into the floor and began to speak in other tongues. On April 12th, just three days later, after that initial outpouring, William Seymour himself received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Could, wait a minute now. Could they receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the church you attend? Does anybody ever get knocked in the floor in the church you attend? Do they worship God in unknown tongues in the church you attend? And hear me, I'm not against anything, but I'm for this book because the book is right and they are wrong. And if we are ashamed of the Holy Spirit, we are walking, we are treading. I've heard people say, well, we don't speak in tongues at our church because, you know, it might frighten off the unbelievers. I promise you, there are more people born again in this church than that church. I promise you. How are you going to build God's church without his spirit? They say, well, it'll frighten off the unbelievers. Actually, the book says that tongues is for a sign to unbelievers. Now, what are you going to do with that? Well, I hope you'll embrace it. People fell in those great Azusa Street meetings. They fell under the power of God as they approached the buildings. Some were baptized in the Holy Spirit as they were approaching the building. Sick bodies were healed on their way through the door. And every service, sinners were brought into the kingdom of God and received the salvation of the blood of Jesus Christ. The streets filled up. Seymour preached from the Asbury's porch to the streets. Of course, quick, they quickly, quickly outgrew the home. They moved to 312 Azusa Street. <laughs> A fire destroyed the pitched roof that had been on that little mission building, and it was replaced with a flat roof, and it, it, the building was only 40 feet by 60 feet, and so it looked like a square box, if you've ever seen pictures of it. I don't know if we have a picture of it or not. The unfinished downstairs portion of that house uh, had a very, very low ceiling, had a dirt floor, and it had been used as a, a stable, a stable. That downstairs became the home of the Apostolic Faith Mission with its mix-match chairs, wooden planks for seats. Their prayer altar was made out of two wooden crates covered by a cheap piece of cloth. That's what became the pulpit. From that humble, <laughs> humble, Location, Pentecostal truth blazed to the four corners of the world. Little is much, my friend, when the Holy Spirit begins to blow upon it. What if there were no Holy Spirit? Well, 
there'd be no Pentecostal denominations. There, would, there wouldn't be uh, an assembly of God <laughs> based in Cleveland, Tennessee. Some of you are watching me from there right now, and you attend a Pentecostal church. Well, what if there was no Holy Spirit? That was in 1909. In 1907, the Church of God in Christ, I preached for the head of that denomination several times. They began in 1911. The Pentecostal Holiness Church began in 1911. And then in 1923, <laughs> out of the ministry of the great Amy Simple McPherson came the great four-square gospel church denomination. What if there were no Holy Spirit? Well, there would have been no healing revival in the 1920s and the 1930s when the use of radio became the very first medium broadcasting the gospel. Men like the great F.F. Bosworth, the incomparable Amy Simple McPherson, John G. Lake, my great-grandfather in the faith, Smith Wigglesworth, who raised seven people from the dead. Are the dead being raised in the ministries you support? Are the sick being healed? Are there miracle signs and wonders? Or is it all about some kind of fellowship? The great Maria Woodworth Etter. And of course, my pastor, Dr. Lester Sumner. What I'm doing for you is I'm, I'm connecting you to legacy. The people that I'm sharing with you, look them up, read about them, find their books, read them. It's not the little chivalrous of tradition of modern preachers. This is Pentecost. This is power. This is earth moving. This is kingdom shaking. And then 1947 to 1958, of course, I was born in 1957. There was a post-World War II healing revival. Look up and read after the great William Branham. Some of you, very few of you anymore, would know my dear, dear friend and mentor, the great Dr. Oral Roberts. Fewer of you would know Jack Coe and A.A. Allen. And of course, Dr. Lester Sumrall was a part of that move of God. E.W. Kenyon, R.W. Shambach, Kenneth E. Hagan Sr., Gordon Lindsay, 1952, that's the year that Rex Humbard was the very first to use television. And then in 1960 to 1975, I got to be a part of this one, the great charismatic renewal. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1974 as a high school junior. I was 17 years old. I remember the Fool Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. I'm going to say it again so you can look it up. 
the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, along with the great Aglow, Aglow meetings. That was the women's arm, Aglow International. When during this, this great, great move of God, traditional denominations, traditional organizations became open, at least their people did, if they did or not, open to, they became influenced by the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about Roman Catholics, Anglicans, Lutherans, Baptists of every stripe like me, Methodists all receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then out of that, God brought the great word of faith movement. Now, in every movement that I've shared with you, my pastor, Dr. Lester Sumrall, was right in the middle of it, all of them. And do you understand that when we try to crystallize a voice of God, a move of God, and we don't move on because God has more than we become stagnant, an island to ourselves. My pastor taught me, Rod, he said, don't ever allow God to do anything what time you're alive on the earth and you not be right in the middle of it. Learn to adjust your sails to the breath, the wind of the Holy Spirit and God will mightily anoint you. Well, that Word of Faith movement began in 1975. That's the year I graduated high school, and I just received the baptism in the Holy Spirit the year before that. I know all those folks. The great Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan, the greatest pastoral gift I ever knew, the great John Osteen. The man that could put more faith in you in 30 minutes than most people could in 30 years, Norval Hayes. I watched him lay his hands upon my sister, my own sister. She was on 39 prescribed medications a day. What if there was no Holy Spirit? What if there had been no Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, which is where Dr. Norval Hayes was so mightily used of God? That's how I met him. My sister was in an automobile accident when she was eight months pregnant and drove her femur bone up and through her pelvic girdle and lodged it in the womb with my niece, Amy. She ended up on 39 prescribed medications a day, all the Demerol she wanted in vials, in boxes, all the Dilaudid she wanted. Liquid morphine. The doctor said she's got three months to live. We just have to keep her as comfortable as we can. 39 medications like that. I'd walk into her home, and there she would be, passed out, looking like the frame of a skeleton. Needles and blood all over the chair where she was sitting. We went to a meeting where the Holy Spirit was, where the Holy Spirit was moving. I'd never seen anything like it in all my born days. I was a Baptist, you know. It wasn't even in a church. Can you imagine that? It was in 
the Adams Mark Hotel in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'd never seen anything like it. They started church at 7, and we never got out a night before 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock in the morning. The Holy Spirit moving, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in operation, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, the word of knowledge, the word of the word of knowledge, the gifts of healing, the word of wisdom, the gift of miracles, wonder-working faith. They were all in operation before my very eyes. On the last night, Norval Hayes wrapped his arms around my little bony sister, dying. He held her for two hours and 45 minutes and prayed. Now we want church to be 45 minutes, hour and 15 minutes at the most. What are we doing? What if there were no Holy Spirit? What if no one had allowed the Holy Spirit to move that night? After two hours and 45 minutes, God instantly, miraculously, by the power of the Holy Spirit, set her totally and completely free. She lived over 30 more years. Are you listening to me? What if there were no Holy Spirit? Well, just go to a lot of modern churches and you'll see. It's dead. It's dry. It's a formality. It's a learned song. It's a, it's a taught lifted hand. It's a don't let anything get out of control. Can I tell you something? God will be God all by himself. And he does not need the help of human persons putting him in some kind of a box. I asked the Lord once, why do people get healed in some churches and not in others? God said to me, my spirit will do anything in the Bible that the people will allow him to do. Come on, let the Holy Spirit touch you right now, where you are. Another part of that great, great move of God, the word of faith, re renewal, revival, outpouring, whatever you want to call it, was the great Kenneth Copeland. I cannot esteem him more. Somebody said, well, he flies around in an airplane. You could too if you'd given 40 of them away. If you spent tens upon tens of millions of dollars flying people out of Afghanistan where our own government had abandoned them, oh, don't speak against the Holy Spirit, dear friend. I had the opportunity to be with many times the great Frederick K.C. Price. What a teacher of God's word. And of course, Dr. Lester Sumrall was a part of that movement as well. During all of that international evangelism spread, Pentecostal fire accompanied by miracles, signs, wonders, healing, deliverance. Hallelujah. The great T.L. Osborne, 
Benny Hinn, Dr. Lester Sumrall, and the incomparable Reinhard Bonnke. Think about it. What if there were no Holy Spirit? Let me give you one outcome. There would be no creative capability of man. The creative capability and capacity of human persons would be incontrovertibly crippled. Crippled. I'm going to go deeper into that next time. But let me just let me just say thank God for creative capability. I pray that for you. I pray that for you that by the power of the Holy Spirit giftings will be loosed in your life. Right now. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, wonder-working faith, the working of miracles, the gifts, plural, of healings, plural. I pray that whatever church you attend will be flooded, flooded by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be so real to you that you know God himself has taken up residence on the inside of your mortal being and that you, you, my dear friend, you will become so on fire by the Holy Spirit for God that you will be a flaming witness unto him. Everywhere you go, in everything that you do. And I pray that our churches will come back, come back. I'm calling you, come back to the reality that the Holy Spirit is in the earth right now, indwelling human persons. I'm so delighted that you've been with me tonight. I think this is going to be at least a two, maybe a three or four message series. It's just getting bigger in me every time I open God's word. What if there were no Holy Spirit? God bless you now in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.